The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Harry's. For your free razor, visit harrys.com forward slash Costa. That's harrys.com forward slash Costa. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome listeners joining us now in all 50 states. And also extend a special welcome to the men and women in our armed forces who are joining us over the Internet from outposts far away. I know most hosts wait until a holiday like Veterans Day to recognize your service. But as you know, if you're a regular listener, I open every program with a shout out to our troops, not only because we need to keep them front of mind every day, but also as a nod to my father, who is no longer with me. So let me say again, thank you for your service and your heartfelt emails and letters and for making us part of your Newsweek. In just a moment, former Governor of Kentucky, Steve Bashir, who you'll remember as the person who gave the Democratic Party's response to President Trump's speech to Congress early this year, will be joining the program. He'll be here to talk about what it's going to take to get control of skyrocketing health care premiums, as well as what motivated him to write his new book titled, People over politics. But before Governor Bashir joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Stephen Lynn Bashir was born in Hopkins County, Kentucky, and grew up in the town of Dawson Springs. He earned his undergraduate and law degrees from the University of Kentucky. Bashir practiced law on Wall Street before returning to Kentucky, where he eventually started his own law firm, Bashir, Meng, and Green. In 1973, Bashir was elected to the Kentucky House of Representatives and re-elected in 75 and 77. This was followed by a successful bid for the Office of Attorney General, an office limited to one term by the state's constitution. In 83, Bashir won election as lieutenant governor, and in 2007, he was elected the 61st governor of Kentucky, where he immediately faced a $434 million state budget deficit. Bashir attacked the deficit on two fronts, raising revenues through attracting energy jobs and opening up casino licensing and other programs, while also drastically cutting spending. But you will remember Bashir best as one of the enthusiastic advocates of the Affordable Care Act and the leader chosen to give the Democratic Party's response to the newly elected President Trump's first address to Congress. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report former Governor of Kentucky, Mr. Steve Bashir. Thank you for joining us today, Governor. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. In just a moment, we're going to talk about your new book titled People Over Politics. But before we do, I'd like to know if you had a chance to hear John McCain's speech this week on the Senate floor, because I found that speech to be very moving. I did, too, Rebecca. Uh, First of all, we all know what he's going through right now with the bad news he got about his cancer. And for him to be bouncing back and getting back uh, as fast as possible because of the job he has to represent the people of his state, uh, obviously, he's a courageous guy. We know that from his background, uh, having served in the Vietnam War, being a prisoner of war. And, uh, you know, uh, he's had an amazing background. Uh, and I enjoyed his speech as much because he called out both sides. Uh, you know, right now, Rebecca, in Washington, D.C., most of us watch a zoo. Uh, You know, it looks like a bunch of kids in the cafeteria engaged in a food fight. People are yelling at each other, talking past each other. Nobody knows how to work with each other anymore. And John McCain, I think, looked both sides in the eye and said, 
okay, guys and gals, it's time to quit the partisan politics. Let's get down to working with each other and trying to solve a problem. I, I agree with you, and I found it particularly powerful when he called out the fact that the that the Congress was the president's equal. They were not there to do the president's bidding. That's exactly right. And, you know, you also have this situation right now with the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions. Uh, you know, I happen to be a Democrat, and, uh, you know, I'm sure people would, would take my uh, comments with a grain of salt against Republicans, but... Look, uh, when I was governor, I, I worked with both sides of the aisle. I had a Republican Senate and a Democratic House. And so I had to bring people together to get things done, and we knew how to do that here in Kentucky. And when you look at the federal level right now, here's Attorney General Jeff Sessions, and he's trying to do his job. And his job is not to be the president's lawyer. It's to be the people's lawyer. And, you know, President Trump's making it pretty tough on a guy that – he thought was, uh, you know, better than uh, sliced bread when he when he appointed him. So, um, you know, I just I, I hate to see all of this rank partisanship up there right now. There's a crisis a minute, uh, and it's time for us to get down to serious business and to work with each other to make good things happen. Well, now speaking of serious business, under the Affordable Care Act. The state of Kentucky achieved an all-time historic low in the number of uninsured citizens. And you have said that under the plan which McConnell has proposed, roughly a quarter of a million Kentuckians would lose coverage. Do I have that right? That's right, and it really is not me saying it. There's some independent studies that show that. And, you know, this whole health care situation is another example of people talking past each other instead of with each other. Let's just look at the facts for a second, uh, and you can, you can look at them in Kentucky. The Affordable Care Act came along, and it's not perfect, but what are the good parts of it? Well, in Kentucky, we enrolled over a half a million Kentuckians in affordable health care in about 18 months. As you just mentioned, our uninsured rate dropped from over 20% to about 6% in 18 months. And our uncompensated care rates, you know, the, the, the rate that, that providers out here, they provide the care, but they don't get paid for it, that dropped from about 25% to less than 5%. So whether you're a Republican or Democrat, I would hope we could all say, that's good. You know, those are some good results. Now, what are some things that we need to look at? Well, we've got a group of people that are just above that level where, uh, you can get subsidies uh, to help yeah. you pay your premium, and there's, their premiums are too high. They they really can't afford it right now, and we need to address that. That is an issue. Small business has some difficulties with the Affordable Care Act, and we need to address that. But let's be grown-ups. You know, let's sit down and admit what's good. Let's look at what's bad, and together we can make health care better for Americans. Well, I think what you're talking about is a saying that they have in the South, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Is that right? That's exactly right. <laughs> you know, we, you know, That's a terrible saying, by the way. <laughs> well, but Rebecca, you know, there's nothing more important to most people than their health. Uh, parents, if they're not healthy, are worried that their children are going to suffer. And if you're not healthy, you can't be a productive worker and keep your job. So it's a basic element of a good quality of life. And nobody needs to have to get up in the morning and go to work worrying about whether one they're one bad diagnosis away from bankruptcy. And at least the Affordable Care Act did that. It gave people some security. But you will agree that premiums have gone have skyrocketed for rough for the middle class, especially. Oh yes, on that group, they certainly have, and we mm -hmm. need to address that. You know, no question about it. But you don't go out here and address it. I mean, tell me that it is a good answer to throw 22 million people off of health care coverage. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Why do we want to mm -hmm. do that? I mean, there are plenty of ways that we can get control of these premiums and the cost. You know, the, the cost of the Medicaid program, I'd be the first to admit that it is growing too fast and we need to do some things about it. But the way you control the cost of that program 
is not by just running out and throwing people off the program. That's all the politicians think about, is throwing people off the program. You need to attack the cost basis like prescription drug costs. We can do some things to cut down on that. And we can and do we will, And we will have to, to get those premiums under control. We have yes. to take our first break, but stay where you are. We'll be right back with more from Governor Steve Bashir. You're listening to the Costa Report. If you're a fan of big ideas and thinking, then you're going to want to sink your teeth into On the Verge. Jim Lehrer, John Scully, Alan Dershowitz, and dozens of business and government leaders from the full political spectrum have given On the Verge their highest reviews. And you can help drive the book to the top of the bestseller list by ordering On the Verge from Amazon right now. Our goal is to distribute 25,000 copies before the official release date. By placing your order for On the Verge right now, you'll help us beat that number. We need every listener to go to Amazon.com and order On The Verge as quickly as you can. And while you're at Amazon, order first edition gift copies of On The Verge for friends and family because they won't last long. On The Verge, on sale now at Amazon.com. That's On The Verge at Amazon.com. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars, whose Brut Cuvée is winning wine awards faster than we can name them. What is it about Caraccioli's Brut Cuvée that sets it apart from others? I really think it comes down to both process and the fruit. Uh, we're in a ideal location to grow Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, and being able to harvest that at optimal pick points in Monterey County, where you have a climate and soils that produce these grapes in the best way possible. Pulling them earlier on, you still get a lot of fruit expression, but you get a lot of acidity, which gives you the opportunity to make killer sparkling wine. And our Brut, being our flagship wine, has everything that's possible when it comes to sparkling wine. You can order any of our products directly from us by visiting our website at caracciolicellars.com or calling the tasting room directly, 831-622-7722. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. I start laundry at 8. At 10, we go for a walk. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I am done with my mattress. That's right. I'm not spending another night on this old bag. My new mattress comes today, and this thing is out of here. Bye-bye, mattress. Yep, bye-bye, mattress. So says you and about a thousand other people every day. And that's a lot of old mattresses with no place to go. There's the landfill, of course, where they just take up space. But what a waste. Because you could send it to a mattress recycler, where old mattresses get broken down into steel, foam, wood, and fiber that become new steel, carpet padding, home insulation, garden mulch, biomass fuel, locomotive oil filters, and all kinds of other great stuff. So bye-bye mattress is right. But don't toss it. Recycle it. It's easy. And it's free. To find a mattress recycler in your area, visit buybuymattress.com.
Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is former governor of Kentucky and the individual chosen to give the Democratic Party's response to President Trump's address to Congress earlier this year, Mr. Steve Bashir. And before the break, you were mentioning the fact that Medicare costs are now escalating at too rapid a rate. And as you know, the current governor of Kentucky, Matt Bevin, says the costs associated with adding hundreds and thousands of individuals to Medicaid in the state are adding a great burden to Kentucky, which is over and above the state's pension woes. Uh, how would you suggest Bevin deal with those debts? Well, first of all, uh, Rebecca, the Medicaid cost are increasing, but there are about five or six independent studies now in Kentucky of Kentucky's program that we started here through the ACA. And every one of them, not most of them, not all but one, every one of them conclude the same thing. Number one, that the system is affordable and that it is sustainable because it is creating about 20,000 to 30,000, 40,000 new jobs over an eight-year period, and it's infusing about 20 to $30 billion of new money into our economy. So, yes, the cost is going up, and we need to make sure that we attack the cost where we should. And as I mentioned, I think, before the break, one of that is in prescription drug cost. We need to get a better handle on that. The other is we need to start managing the care of people and not just paying providers for every procedure that they do. Uh, we can cut a lot of cost out of that. But the cost of our Medicaid program is is paying for itself because of the new taxes that it creates. Now, you mentioned the pension problem here in Kentucky, and there is a problem. We have a big unfunded liability, like every state has, but ours is big. But people don't really understand what that unfunded liability number is. You know, they throw around this number here in Kentucky of $30 billion or $40 billion. Well, what that number is, is a guess. These actuaries sit down and say, okay, if we shut this pension down tomorrow, how much money would it take over the next 40 to 50 years until the last person dies that's in the system to pay everybody out? And so they have to predict, okay, what's the interest rate going to be over the next 30 or 40 years? Are we going to have wars? Are we going to have recessions? Are we going to have peak times in our economy? All of those kinds of things. And they make these guesses, and then they come up with a number. Well, you know, we need to go through that exercise in order to kind of know what we're dealing with. But Every pension has to do the same thing. They have to have a long-term plan over the next 20 to 30 years to pay enough money in and to manage the benefits. And if you do that, like we did with our Kentucky retirement system while I was in office, then it will pay out and it will be okay. Uh, but the, gr the groups in there right now are playing with the numbers. You know, they just turned around the other day and said, oh, well, we think the interest rate assumption is too high for what it will be over the next 30 years, so we're going to knock a percent and a half off of it. All at once, our unfunded liability number went from, I think it was $30 billion to $35 billion. Well, I can make it $20 billion if you give me the numbers <laughs> to work with. So, you know, it's kind of a game. It's kind of a game. Well, of course. Well, well, of course, and no one has a crystal ball. All they can do is use use predictive models to take their best guess. But there's no question that much of the pension dilemma was on being overly optimistic on interest rates when they were, you know, when interest rates were paying close to double digits. Well, and but part of it was also the fact that the legislature for years didn't put in the required contribution that the state should have put in. And yes. so the plan we came up with when I was in office and the Republican Senate, as well as the Democratic House, signed off on this. And our Kentucky Chamber of Commerce signed off on it. And we came up with a schedule of payments we were going to make. We defined benefits better and reduced some of the benefits. And everybody said, including the Pew Foundation, which was our big outside group that had come in to work with us, that if we stick with this over the next 20, 25 years, everything's going to be okay. But, you know, you don't solve these things overnight. That's for sure also. 
Well, I also, I think there's a problem with sticking with anything for more than five minutes anymore. Well, in politics, you're right, Rebecca. <laughs> you're exactly right. And you all create you these do- long-term plans, and they could work if you stuck with them. But the problem, of course, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, and particularly in Kentucky's case with term limits, I'm not sure term limits are in favor of long-term planning of any type. Well, I'll tell you what. We have term limits on our statewide officials. We don't have term limits on our legislature. And in theory, I mean, I'm a political science major from back in college, and in theory, I've always been against term limits because, you know, you, you, the argument is you need the experience, you need, you know, all of this uh, gathered knowledge and all of this. But you know what we found out, and you know what they found out in Washington? Those people get up there, they love their job, they love the money, they love the retirement, they love the power, and they're not going to do anything. Well, Governor, you'll be happy. You'll be happy to hear that uh, that I I don't see governors the same way I see our leaders in Washington. (laughs) Well, good. I I I, I, I think that's those are two categories of leaders, and uh, and I do believe that uh, in order to execute long-term plans, perhaps term limits are not the best idea at the governor level, Uh, but. But let's get back to health care for just a minute, because one of the things I wanted to try to ask you to do, and I know this is a tall order for a radio program, is to help us understand the difference between a single-payer system, a public option system, the current ACA, and all of these many, many proposals uh, in between. I, I don't know if we can do a good job or a fair job of that, but but let us try to con- to to eliminate some of the confusion, because I know, sure. you know, everybody is confused. Sure, and, and these are all complicated issues, but let me just try to skim the surface of it. You know, a single-payer system is what most countries around the world have in some form or fashion, like England or Canada, and that's where really the government runs the system. And, uh, you know, they they pay for it, and in some places... You know, you'll pay some. Uh, in other places, uh, you can buy additional coverage, but it's basically the government running the program. Uh, in the public option, uh, that is an idea that came up to add to the Affordable Care Act. In other words, you have all the private companies right now that are involved in, in providing insurance under the Affordable Care Act, uh, individual insurance, and an idea was thrown out, okay, let's add to that a public option that the government would provide. So that's a little bit, you know, of the idea of single payer, but it's kind of a partnership with the with the system we've got now, which is a partnership between the private sector and the public sector, which yes. came out of the Heritage Foundation, a Republican think tank, you know, and Mitt Romney put it in in Massachusetts. He was the first Republican to put it in way back when. But that's kind of the public option idea. Now, the Affordable Care Act is a partnership between the private sector and the government. You know, and it is an idea that came from the Heritage Foundation back in the 1990s. And Mitt Romney grabbed it, put it in, and it worked in Massachusetts. And so President Obama, I think, to try to get something passed, went and got a Republican idea. Well, now I'm going to have to stop you there, Governor. I apologize. We have to go to a hard break, but we'll be right back after this short intermission. Stay with us, and uh, you'll get to hear about that program that Mitt Romney put in and why it became a model for ACA. You're listening to the Costa Report. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 
$100 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-314-7417. 800-314-7417. That's 800-314-7417. I'm Paul George of the Indiana Pacers. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Women now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. Harvard Medical School has now opened its doors to new female applicants. The first woman is now in space. The majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Yeah, you, it's me, your heart. Listen to me. We've got to talk. High blood pressure is serious, and yours? Whoa. What happened to us? We used to be so much more active. But lately, you've been ignoring me. I know you think I'm just going to keep ticking away forever, but you're wrong. You can do so much more to control your high blood pressure. Doing the minimum isn't doing enough. I'm under a lot of pressure and can quit whenever I want. Bet you didn't know that. But I like my job. Just treat me better. Check on me. Give me something green to nibble on every once in a while. And maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. Let's get to it. After all, we're in this together. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check, change, control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, my guest today is Governor Steve Bashir. And I'm sorry I had to go to break, Governor, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to finish talking about the partnership between the government and the private sector that is the basis of ACA. Sure. Uh, you know, there's a number of, of things that are now under the ACA required in every insurance policy, no matter what, what policy is being sold, and that is, uh, you know, you can't discriminate uh, because of somebody had a pre-existing condition. Uh, you, uh, you have to allow children to be on their parents' par- uh, policy until they're age uh, 26. Uh, you have to cover maternity services. You have to cover behavioral health and drug treatment. Uh, so there's, there's lots of things like that that now have to be in every policy. The, the partnership comes from the private sector and all of the insurance companies, you know, can sell policies. And the government, knowing that during the first few years uh, that everybody's going to get into the program, 
you're going to have a lot of sick people getting into the program. And that that's going to be tough on the insurance companies. So there were a lot of transition kinds of payments to insurance companies over several years until the system really got going and, and it got the marketplace working. Uh, now, what's happened, uh, quite honestly, is that uh, the, the folks that want to torpedo the ACA and torpedo the marketplace, you know, just defunded a lot of those transition payments that the insurance companies were supposed to, to receive. And, you know, you've got an insurance company out here, they're trying to make money. That's their bottom line, really. They're not a, you know, they're not a handout place. They're trying to make sure. money. And so they're looking down the road trying to predict uh, uh, what's going to happen actuarially to a lot of people's lives so that they can price their, their uh, product effectively. And, and the critics of, of ACA have created so much uncertainty in the marketplace that a lot of the insurance companies are just sitting on the sidelines right now. They're saying, look, we don't know what the plan's going to be. If we know, then we can set up our business and we can figure out how to make money. But while everybody's up there yelling and screaming at each other, we're just not going to participate. So, you know, the critics of the ACA say, oh, look at the marketplace. It's collapsing. Well, the reason that there's problems in the marketplace is because of them, because they can't get their act straight and, and everybody get up there and decide what the system is going to be. I'll guarantee you the insurance companies will be in it once everybody knows what it's going to be, but while the uncertainty's there, you know, they're sitting back and going, whoa, you know, I, I can't subject our shareholders to that. Well, in the meantime, while Washington is debating the, the uh, pros and cons of ACA and the Republican plan, millions of Americans, the insurance industry, and state governors everywhere are in limbo. Uh, right. Which brings me to your new book. We only have a few minutes, but I want to be sure and talk about your new book because I, I just finished reading it last night, <laughs> and uh, it, it was it was quite remarkable. It rem reminded me much of John McCain's speech, uh, which was the reason for getting into politics in the first place, which is people. Um, right. uh, what compelled you to write this book in the in the minutes that we have left here? Well. I wanted to make sure people knew that you can still make government work. You know, it's a mess in Washington. We all know that. It's dysfunctional, and, and this rank partisanship is slowly eroding our democracy. But it doesn't have to be that way, because for eight years while I was governor here, as I mentioned, I had a Republican Senate and a Democratic House. But I was able, once elections were over with, I could get these people together and make them remember that we were Kentuckians first and Democrats and Republicans second. And how did we do that? I convinced them to put people first over their own selfish interest. And, you know, that's what's wrong with Washington right now, is that everybody's up there tooting their own horn. Everybody's trying to put themselves in the best position, and they're forgetting about the American people. It's time for us to remember we're Americans first and Democrats and Republicans second. But it seems that, that they've put their allegiance they put their allegiance toward their party. That's first. right. That's exactly and, right. And, 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 they I, put it, and, and that's that's not right. No, it's not right. And and I'll tell you the American people know it's not right and they are madder in hell about it because that's what's happened in the last election or two. I mean, quite honestly, I had people here in Kentucky come up to me in this presidential election and say, look, I know that guy's probably lying to me. I know he probably can't do anything he says he can do, but at least he's not a part of that mess in Washington, and maybe <laughs> he'll change things. I mean, that that was about as basic as it got. And, and So you think they were saying it was worth taking a shot on an outsider? Yep, yep, and they were just looking for anybody that wasn't a part of the system. Now, you know, I'd have to say after six or seven months, I think a lot of them are having buyer's remorse. But still, uh, people are fed up with this. They're fed up yeah. with Democrats and Republicans alike, and they don't really care anymore too much about party. What they care about is if, if people would just sit down and talk to each other and actually make something happen. And that's what's in this book. There's a lot of examples of how you can do exactly that, how you bring people together. And uh, I heard in one of the breaks you were mentioning Amazon.com. Well, that's where they can go and get this book, too. 
Yes, and and I would highly recommend this book because, as you say, you give specific examples of bipartisan support and how you brought people together under very, very difficult circumstances. And I think we need more examples of that. Unfortunately, we are just about out of time. Uh, Again, the name of the book is People Over Politics. Uh, It's available at Amazon.com and all major bookstores. Uh, Thank you, Governor, for making time to be with us. And before we say goodbye, I want to thank you for your service to our country and for making time to speak with us today. Thank you, Governor Bashir. Well, thank you, Rebecca. I appreciate it. Before we take our scheduled break, I want to tell you about a free offer that is guaranteed to change the way that you feel about shaving. About a week ago, I finally got my free Harry's Razor shaving kit in the mail, and now I'm going to be the first to tell you that never, not in a million years, did I think that there was any difference between one razor or another, but... I admit it, I was in for a surprise, and not just me, three million other people like me have had the same experience and switched to Harry's razors, and here's why. The closeness of the shave you get from a Harry's razor is unlike any other multi-blade razor on the market. That clean, perfectly smooth skin Harry's razor leaves behind is something you really do have to experience for yourself. Plus, Harry's razors are half the price, half of the other quality razors. But rather than tell you about Harry's razors, because who am I? You're not going to believe me. I want you to try it. I want you to experience them for yourself. So for a limited time, Harry's is offering listeners of the Costa Report, get your pen out, a free razor, five precision blades, shave gel, and a blade cover, free. Just visit harrys.com slash costa, C-O-S-T-A. Be sure you get my last name in there, slash costa, C-O-S-T-A. Your first razor and blades are completely free when you visit harrys.com slash costa. Do it right now before the offer expires. One more time to experience what 3 million others who have switched to Harry's have experienced harrys.com slash costa to get your free razor five precision blades shave gel blade cover everything you need to get that nice close shave and you know every woman loves a nice close shave (laughs) fellas take my advice get your harry's razor it'll make a big difference but again hurry before the offer expires one more time harrys.com slash costa. Now we're going to have to take a short break, but uh, stay tuned. When we come back, I'm going to explain why Americans might, and I'm going to say might because I'm not completely convinced of this, might be better off with no federal health care program at all. Maybe this is too complex and too big a job to handle at the federal level. Uh, But stay with me. I'll give you my opinion when we come back on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Costa Report. Listen up, because I want to let you in on a little secret. You don't have to be a psychic to know which business and political experts are going to be on the Costa Report next month. All you have to do is sign up for our free monthly newsletter at RebeccaCosta.com. It takes less than a minute, and when you do, you'll receive our guest schedule along with special announcements and free offers the first of every month. So go to RebeccaCosta.com and sign up today. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. 800 962 
800-246-9969. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. Yesterday, I got a call from the IRS. They say I owe them over $16,000. I don't have that kind of money. Don't try to fight the IRS on your own. Use Coast One Financial Group and let them help you get a fresh start. If you owe at least $10,000 in back taxes, call now for a free and confidential tax debt analysis. Call Coast One now for a free consultation at 800-643-4661 now. 800-643-4661. That's 800-643-4661. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... (laughs) Sometimes, though. (laughs) You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We got extra food and we've got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America in your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, we have been speaking with former governor of Kentucky, Mr. Stephen Bashir. The state of Kentucky, as you know, Will, uh, has been held up as the national model for the Affordable Care Act, which is precisely why Mike Pence visited Kentucky a couple of weeks ago to showcase middle-class premiums, which have skyrocketed to the point where many can no longer afford to keep their previous insurance programs or even afford similar or equal coverage to what they had before ACA. Now, there is no question as to whether somewhere between 400,000 and half a million Kentuckians who did not previously have health care coverage now have coverage. This is an indisputable fact. But it is also true that the Kentucky Department of Insurance recently reported that a 47% increase in insurance premiums has been requested by the insurance companies in their exchange and approved by the state of Kentucky for private insurance companies selling individual and small group health plans during 2017 this year. For example, the Golden Rule Insurance Company requested a 65% increase in its rates, though it was granted only a 47% jump. The next highest request came from Humana, who said they needed a 31% rise in premiums to stay in the state's exchange. 
CareSource Kentucky asked for a 29% jump, and Baptist Health Plan claimed they needed a 30% premium hike to remain viable. These are all a matter of public record. As a side note, each of these premium hikes required the insurance companies to offer proper support and full documentation to the state, proving that the increases were necessary in order to offer health care to Kentucky. Now, according to the commissioner of the Department of Insurance for Kentucky, each of these insurance companies met their full burden of proof. And so the state was forced to approve a cap of a 47% increase in premiums. But let's think about this for a moment, folks. How many working class Americans can afford a 47% increase in anything? Just think about what happened when gas prices shot up 10 and 15 and 20% and began affecting the price of milk and cereal at the grocery stores. And now that health insurance is no longer optional, these increases are being forced on Americans, forced on Americans everywhere. But this problem isn't limited to the Affordable Care Act. Let's not fool ourselves. When it comes to health care, Kentuckians who are in favor of repealing and replacing Obamacare with the Republican American Health Care Act face a reduction in tax credits and an increase in out-of-pocket expenses that the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities claims will drive costs up about $1,800 a year for the average Kentuckian. So here's what we have. We have the proverbial rock in a hard place. Either way, Kentuckians pay more. And while it is certainly a good thing that as many as half a million people in the state now have coverage, the cost of covering them is now coming home to roost. As Ralph Nader once said on the air on this program, choosing between two evils is still an evil. This is the difficulty leaders in both parties and the American public face today. The two alternatives that have been put on the table don't make health care more affordable, or do they make them better? It wa and, and wasn't that supposed to be the whole point of having a federal health care initiative? But there is a way out of the quagmire, and I have faith that we're going to eventually find our way out of the woods, not by continuing to walk around and around in circles in the woods, but by hitching ourselves to a balloon and getting far above the woods so we can look down and see what's really going on. And when we get above the partisan blaming and accusations and all the flawed proposals, what do we see? We see that health care might not need the federal government at all. When it comes to extremely complex problems like health care, the closer to the source you can get, the more likely you are to be effective, which is why programs like education and health care and welfare are best run at the state level. Free our governors to take control over their own state systems, their own populations. And if they fail to offer programs that are affordable and cover all voters, well, they won't stay in office for very long. And if premiums skyrocket, they won't be around very long either. I have spent a great deal of time with the governors of the states of this great country of ours, and they know much more about implementing sensible, cost-effective, and successful programs than any of the leaders that I have encountered in Washington, D.C., and yet Washington continues to tie their hands. Let the governors take control of health care in their states. They know what their constituency, what their population needs. And every state, if you've traveled this great country of ours, you know that every state is so very different. And the, what the population requires is so very different that perhaps a federal system is not what we need. 
As we all watch leaders in Washington resort to a skinny repeal vote, it occurs to me we need to stop. We don't need a national program. Governors are the ones who had to set up the ACA health care exchanges in their states, and now they're trying like mad to comply with all of the regulations that come down from Washington, D.C. The time has come to think about health care on a state-by-state basis. And what's happening in Washington today is all the proof we should need. Now, today we've been talking about what it takes to succeed when the challenge ahead is complex and specialized. And everyone knows that no matter what that challenge is, whether it's fighting a war on the battlefield or in a competitive marketplace, success starts and ends with having the right talent for the job. Which brings me to my question, are you hiring? And if you are, do you know where to go to get the most qualified and experienced candidates? That's where ZipRecruiter can help. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your jobs to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then powerful technology matches the right person to your job. And you can imagine how much time you spend by posting a job just one time and then having it pop up on 100 job sites. Never mind how much you increase the odds of locating that perfect person for your opening. This is why ZipRecruiter is different and used by thousands of businesses, both small and large. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter locate a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. You can fill that job in a day. So ZipRecruiter is not only thorough, it's fast. No more juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with instant results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash report, R-E-P-O-R-T. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash report. One more time, to try it for free, to fill that job that you know needs filling. You're taxing all the employees around that, that open position. And you may be able to fill it in just one day. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash report. And that wraps up our first hour. If your station is leaving us after this hour, my guest next week is longtime confidant to President Trump and provocateur, Mr. Roger Stone. He'll be here to give us an insider's look at the current Russian probe. Don't miss Roger Stone next week right here on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.